This is the Unhurried Moments podcast. I'm Johnny Moore. In this episode, the American writer and activist Patty Dye shares the remarkable story of her friendship with Nina, who she met in the course of her work. Nina and I became friends when she was part of a black-white racism dialogue that I was doing. And I loved Nina because she said what she thought. A lot of other people in the group tried to be politically correct or um, say the right thing. And Nina would just say whatever came to mind. And sometimes it was quite startling what she came up with. So she and I became friends, not close friends, but we would see each other every couple of months. We would meet up for lunch or something. And when I started meeting her for lunch, I realized that she was having trouble walking uh, at one point. And, and I asked her about it. She said she thought she had slipped discs. So uh, as we continued to meet every couple of months to, to have lunch, it became really clear to me that something big was going on with Nina. And I saw her at the YWCA one day. She was in the pool swimming. And when she came out, she used the, the little chair that you use if you're in a, in a chair, in a wheelchair, to come out of the water and was walking with a cane. A couple of months after that, she called me. I was driving on my way to Atlanta, and I pulled over, and she said, I have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And I didn't, I mean, I knew that this was bad, but I didn't know how bad it was. Um, but what, what was interesting about it is that this woman who I really didn't know all that well chose me to be her caregiver. And uh, I said to her at one point, why, why did you choose me to do this? Because I'm not a natural nurse. You know, some people really gravitate to helping people in that way, and it just scares me a little bit. So... It was a stretch for me to do this. And she said, you know, I, I am very used to now people looking at me with these sad puppy dog eyes and sort of pitying me and um, talking to me like I'm an idiot just because I can't walk anymore. And she said, you don't do that. You just treat me like you've always treated me, you know. So, so anyway, I engaged in this process with this woman over 18 months to help her live and help her die. As time passes, Nina is moved to a nursing home, where Patty stays with her during the last days of her life. So I went to stay with her, and I stayed for three nights in this room with her. Two days go by, the last, the, the third day goes by, and that night, at two o'clock in the morning, Nina is gesturing wildly from the bed. And I was trying to figure out what she wanted. I called my husband because it was scary. And I called John and he came up and we watched her and he said she wants to go into her wheelchair. She had an electric wheelchair. So we pick her up. At this point, she weighs nothing. We pick her up and we put her in this wheelchair. And before we could do anything, she is taken off in this wheelchair. So this, this woman who is incapable of movement, basically, has hit the bar on the, uh, the wheelchair and is escaping the room. And we go out into the hallway. And keep in mind, this is 2 o'clock in the morning. 
we go out in the hallway and she is headed for the door as fast as the wheelchair will go. And we're running after her trying to be quiet because it's two o'clock in the morning. And I don't know where she was going, but she was going somewhere. And I, and that's one of the things that was really striking to me about this. Where is she going? And what is this about? Um, who is she headed toward? Well, we finally got her uh, back into her room. And I sat very near the bed and I was holding her hand. And this is the part that is uh, so striking to me. She's holding my hand and suddenly she starts grabbing at me, like like really grabbing, uh, grabbing my elbows and pulling me toward her. And suddenly this woman who weighs nothing has grabbed hold of me and has brought me onto the bed, basically on top of her. And she's saying something, but I can't understand what she's saying. And so as I lay there with her, I had this moment of recognition in a way. And I don't know what I recognized, to be honest with you. But it was this panic that she felt. It was this understanding and this need for human connection that came at the very end of her life, that, uh, that it was so important. And I don't know how she found the strength, actually, to pull me over. There was a bed rail to pull me over the bed rail into the bed with her. And so we just lay there. And I suddenly, you know, as I lay there, I suddenly got very, very calm. It was a very calming sort of moment. So all the panic that I had had disappeared. And I listened to her breathe, and we stayed there for a long time. The next day, the people from her church all came to sing and play the flute and do all kinds of things at, in vigil. And I was exhausted from that night, so I lay in a, in a bed that they had brought in for me and just sort of drifted in and out of sleep listening to these angelic hymns. And, and I knew Nina well enough. She was a very... Um, very funny, very sarcastic woman. I knew her well enough to know that uh, she was probably willing these people to leave. And after they finished the last song, I went to hold her hand and everyone left and she died within minutes of that time. I think it was also an honor for me to be chosen in that way. And, and I took that very seriously, you know, that, that I was the one that would, that would um, go with her. And I told her at the very end, you know, thanks for letting me in, because she wasn't a woman who let people in very easily. Um, but we went through a lot together in those months. And and there were times when it was so frustrating and there were times when it was so funny um, for both of us. Uh, I remember she always wanted a certain brand of, um, of chapstick that the Whole Foods had and it had to be hemp. It couldn't be anything other than hemp and she was very clear that it had to be hemp. And after she died, I remember going to Whole Foods and seeing the hemp uh, chapstick and just starting to sob in the in the aisle and of course people are doing what they do when there's the sobbing maniac in the aisle like either avoiding me altogether or trying to see if I'm hurt in some way 
And so every time I see chapstick of any kind, that comes up for me. It's now, actually, she died in July, uh, eight years ago. So this month is always a month that I think about that whole process with her. And what a gift it was. You know, I think it's hard to let someone in to that degree. And that was a gift for me. It's a remarkable story of friendship and the struggle to make connection when even language fails us. In the end, perhaps more than anything, we just need to be together and to calm each other, even in the face of great adversity. This has been Unhurried Moments. You can find out more at the website unhurried.org. I'm Johnny Moore. Thank you for listening.